Yo, yo, welcome to a Christmas edition of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Jovan Buha, the Lakers' new beat writer uh, as of this week. And I'm joined by the Mavericks beat writer, not as of this week, uh, Tim Cato, coming to you live after the Lakers' 138-115 to win over the Mavericks on Christmas Day. Tim, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I don't, I don't have another uh, NBA team here in Dallas to, uh, to jump <laughs> over to, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick on. I'll stick on the Mavs beat for now. <laughs> the Luca beat. Is yeah, the Luca beat. That yeah, that that is actually officially legally what we refer to it as the uh, the Luca Doncic beat. <laughs> or is it the Boban beat? It's both. It's it alternates. You know that maybe that's that's what I you know I kind of jump between the two. You know, just trying to have fun. Well, this was a, I'll say it was a fun game despite it being a blowout. This was a very up and down game in, in terms of, felt like the Lakers were going to pull away. They'd get the lead to like 15, 17. Then Dallas would cut it back to, you know, eight or six. And it was just kind of a seesaw uh, until the Lakers eventually put the game away in the fourth. But what were your general thoughts on this game and, and kind of your first glimpse at this new Lakers team? Yeah, it did. It did feel like that game, you know, like one of the games where, you don't ever actually expect the Mavericks to come back. You know, maybe maybe it's a situation where they get it to three points. I, I think in this case, they, they maybe got it to nine points late in the third quarter or maybe early fourth. And, you know, they kept pushing and it was like, okay, sure, that's cool. Like, they're not actually going to come back. And it just never had that vibe. And, and obviously it kind of turned out to be that type of game. Uh, in the end, with a what twenty three point win, um, I think. So yeah, you know, I, I thought I thought it was impressive how the Lakers could play big and just pound the glass and and get rebounds without even playing always playing big. Like like Marcus only played twenty minutes, but from a Mavericks perspective, I assume you know just from a game perspective, the the big difference was you know second chance points and you know the Lakers having thirty five and the Mavericks having none. Some of that just has to be luck. That is too big of a disparity. That's insane, honestly. It was the most in I believe over twenty five years. Yeah, which is an absurd stat. Yeah, so so like to some degree that is just you know just stats being weird. But clearly the Lakers are big and have rebounders, and the Mavericks tried playing two bigs a lot. They had Cleaver and Powell out there, and. It, it will make a difference when Porzingis is back. He's the best rebounder. But the fact that the Lakers were able to do it, you know, like I was saying, without even, you know, playing Mark Gasol 34 minutes or something like that. Peril obviously was a was a big factor there with, with 28 minutes. You know, that was impressive to me. Obviously, they had the two centers last year that they kind of all, you know, they still have that size. And, and these players, you know, these big men that they have are, are even more talented uh, while ca- kind of bringing the same impact that, that you saw last season. To me, this game was all about the Lakers' offensive firepower. I totally agree with you. I thought the size stood out. You know, 17 offensive rebounds to go along with that 35-second chance point advantage. But you had four guys with 18-plus. AD had 28, LeBron had 22, Trez had 22, uh, Dennis Schroeder had 18. As someone who watched a team like the Clippers last season, like, they would have a lot of these nights where you'd have, you know, four or five guys with, like, 15-plus. And it feels like that's what we're going to be seeing from the Lakers this season. Adding in Kuzma, who had 13, and they shot 56%. They made 19 threes, which this was a team that did not take a lot of threes last year. But they took 39 threes in this game. You know, got to the free throw line 24 times. Had 33 assists, which was a, you know, a big jump from last game. So I thought overall, like, even though the defense wasn't great, they still gave up 115 points. And that's kind of what they were saying, you know, what Frank Vogel said after the game, like, our defense wasn't even that good. It was really just our offense. And you know, to, to put up almost 140 points in regulation, you know, on one hand, I think that's a testament to the Mavericks defense and, you know, them probably being a, a bottom half defensive team. But 
Also on the other end, I think you finally saw like what this Lakers team could look like and, and Dennis Schroeder running pick and rolls and, and, and giving goes and Montrez Harrell, you know, going to work on the left block and crashing the offensive glass and, and also, you know, running pick and rolls with, with Schroeder. And then obviously LeBron and AD getting out in transition, LeBron hitting step back three, you know, AD going to work on the block. So I thought this was kind of a, a culmination and we haven't really seen it. And I don't know how much of the Lakers you've seen so far, but this was definitely not how the offense looked against the Clippers. And not even really how it looked, uh, I think, in the preseason. So if you're a Laker fan watching this, like you're going to have nights like this throughout the season where you have four or five guys going off for 15 plus. And I think it's a nice weapon to have in, in a season where, you know, depth and, and versatility is really going to matter, I think, more than in seasons past. Yeah. And hey, credit to the Lakers. You know, the Mavericks are a team that think they're going to be better defensively this year until they get Porzingis back. You know, it's hard to say for sure exactly how much they can improve, you know, but they, they added Josh Richardson. They have defenders coming off the bench like you know james johnson now and you know dorian finney smith is in the still in the starting lineup and those guys you know they couldn't do anything that's the thing when you get you know players like anthony davis and lebron and you know i, I love title teams who remake themselves and just seeing how well pieces fit around and, and how everything already looks natural again and normal again even though we you know saw this team what three months ago uh winning a title with very different personnel if the mavericks are a top 15 team you know, I, I don't think it matters. This is an offense that can shred top 10 defenses, you know, in the league. You got to make decisions about what's going to hurt you the least. And whenever you're making decisions like that, you know, that's that's when you know that, you know, there's you're not really going to slow slow them down. You know, you're just going to, you know, mitigate as well as you can and, and hope you can keep up. And hey, it's been two games. You know, really, we're just talking about this one game. But it is starting to get that vibe. You know, I, I definitely got that vibe from, from this game. And just looking at the roster, looking at just how good these players are. I think definitely, you know, that's that's how the Lakers should feel. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. One thing that kind of surprised me early on, or so in the first half, was Schroeder defending Luka and kind of, you know, picking him up full court a couple times, like three-quarter court uh, a couple times, and... Luca not really exploiting that until kind of the second half, at which point, you know, the Lakers eventually kind of switched LeBron onto him. You know, you saw some Kuzma, Matthews, even some AD uh, later in the fourth. I just watched Luca in the playoffs and <laughs> had that amazing uh, series. But like, you know, I, so I, I know sometimes he likes to pick his spots early, but I was kind of surprised by that of, of him having such a size advantage over Schroeder and, and such a physical, just, you know, being stronger and bigger than him uh, that he didn't look to exploit that more often earlier. Were you surprised by that? Or is that just kind of Luca picking his spots and, and sort of trying to get his teammates involved and, and then trying to take over in the second half? Like, Because that was one thing that I thought Dallas could have maybe gone to a little bit earlier of, of Luca running sets to get him maybe in the post or or, or just kind of going downhill in the pick and roll. Um, but, it, but it felt like he was kind of in, in you know, set up teammate mode in the first half. And you know, he did have seven assists, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think that was maybe the, the most effective strategy in, in that first half. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I, it's hard to say, you know, kind of pick exactly where his mind was at. I also saw that, you know, I thought he thought he should have been more aggressive. I don't know how much this impacted this specific circumstance, but he is a little bit out of shape. And it's something that, you know, even Mark Cuban has said he wasn't expecting the season to come back so quickly. I don't think any of us were. And, and Luca's definitely someone who needs a ramp up plan. You know, that I think that's just his body type. That's, that's kind of the type of athlete he is. 
Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He's going to get in shape. You know, he's he's not not in shape. You know, he's he's still in you know way better shape than your I combined have ever been in. And he still did you know twenty seven four and seven on pretty efficient shooting. You know, he's still going to be a really good player. I think that he is a bit you know just a little bit off of of where he was in the bubble and where he was in that Clipper series. So hopefully Luca's gonna you know just just tick upwards a little bit. You know, there's only only so far he can he can get better in when he's uh you know still putting up 27 points efficiently but obviously we know his highs and we, we know how just dominant he can be as, as a star player as a proper superstar top three type player i don't know how much him not attacking Schroeder as much as he should have or or just generally maybe being a little quieter than you would expect is directly the cause of of his you know not being exactly where he wants to be physically but that's definitely you know I, I think a small factor here so you know in some ways the Mavericks are are kind of down like one in a fourth star of where they thought they would be ironically Porzingis the reason he's out is also because he thought the season would be coming a little bit later so he actually delayed his surgery and now is trying to kind of catch up so unfortunate but you know it, it's something where where the Mavericks you know they're probably going to start 0 and 3 they play the Clippers on Sunday and you know it's it's a situation where we know you know they have a quality that's known so at least me as an analyst it's hard to hard to get too concerned about it what did you make of uh the LeBron Luka matchup because uh you know I, I remember watching from afar last season they had that one game in, in Dallas that I think went to overtime or, or was it double overtime I don't remember but that's the the Danny Green hits the game winning three and <laughs> Maxi Kleba I, I don't know what he was doing defensively on that play boggled my mind but LeBron and Luca you know shared an admiration for each other publicly and there are some similarities in their game you don't want to make that comparison because they are very different in, in many ways but the passing at that size and, and the ability to be a nightly triple double threat there are some similarities there so, you know, LeBron had 22.7 rebounds, 10 assists. Luca had 27, 4, and 7. Uh, it was actually Luca defending LeBron more than LeBron defending Luca. Uh, Le- LeBron was on, on Josh Richardson or uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. a lot of the night. But there were some moments there where LeBron, you know, hit that step, he, you know, his patented step back three over Luca. You know, he missed a couple uh, on Luca. But what did you make of, of that matchup? And was this kind of a dud or, or just sort of the circumstance of, of them not being matched up as much as we thought? I think that we should all try very hard not to take for granted any any times that we that we get these two matched up against against each other. Only so more, you know, only a finite more, you know, it might it might be four more years of it. But but even then, you know, I think these are definitely the types of matchups we should we should try to enjoy. You know, that step back LeBron hit was, you know, kind of the analogy, the metaphor, if you want. Or maybe you uh, you take that as the metaphor and you and you add into it that within seconds, Luca came right back down the floor and, and hit a layup. I can't remember if he, LeBron was actually guarding him that possession. But absolutely, the metaphor is there for the taking on, on that sequence of plays, which uh, whichever way you kind of want to go. So, you know, it didn't feel like a Luca dominant, you know, it definitely wasn't a Luca dominant game or, or a LeBron dominant game. We've had those moments. I'm sure we'll get those moments again, but but yeah, just in general, you know, I I do think that you know even even yesterday, uh, even even the day before the the game, LeBron was was really talking about you know just just his respect for Luca and you know he was talking about players you know who who had like damn moments or wow and and he was talking about you know how just Luca sees stuff you know you could tell by the way he you know he's just talking about Luca and how he sees stuff and how he sees the court. And he's really talking about himself in some ways. You know, I don't know if he outright said it, but, you know, certainly what impresses him is the same skills he has and, and very few others do. And so, you know, absolutely, you know, the comparison's there for a reason. They're, they're not the same player, but in terms of the hope that, that Luca could be, you know, a LeBron-type figure in this league, 
um, as, as LeBron, you know, nears retirement at some point in the next five years, I would, I would assume. You'd assume, but <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, there's no guarantee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I try, I try not to make, I try not to make uh, guarantees about someone who uh, just, just you know, is unfair in 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 every sense of the of the word. There's funny post game. He was talking about uh, someone asked him about his his minutes and and how. Uh, Frank Vogel is trying to continually limit them and, and, you know, find kind of pockets for him to rest. And, you know, he, he rested at the end of this game and he's like, they've been saying that about me since my 13th season when I was back in Miami, like every year that that's kind of a narrative of like, you know, how much is LeBron going to play? Are they going to reduce his minutes or are they going to rest him load management? Like, um, and he's like, I, I just continue to go out there and, and try to play as many minutes as I can and, and, you know, try to prove people wrong. So I think he's, he's clearly done that. But to kind of put a bow on this, a nice Christmas bow. Oh, there you go. Topical. <laughs> uh, for the, the Lakers, this is a really interesting time because first two games of the season, Clippers and Mavericks, to me, two of the, the better, you know, top four, top five teams in the West. Um, you know, we'll see when Porzingis returns, but we'll see what happens with their defense. But I'm very bullish on Dallas. But looking at the next stretch of the Lakers schedule, you got Minnesota Sunday. Then Portland, San Antonio twice, Memphis twice, San Antonio again, Chicago, Houston twice, uh, OKC, uh, and then New Orleans, Golden State, uh, Milwaukee. Like it starts to get a little bit interesting there, but they can reel off, you know, seven, eight wins in a row or just kind of have a dominant stretch of winning like eight out of 10, nine out of 10. Uh, this next like 10 game stretch, I think is really going to be to me a barometer of, of where the team is at mentally because they should beat all these teams and, and should win most of these games. And, you know, I think the schedule does get a lot harder in the second half. So, you know, it, it is a time when you have those stretches of easy games, like you have to win those. So after this game, it gets a lot easier. So I, I'm Interested to see, you know, what kind of happens with Frank Vogel's talking about the, the depth and the rotation, and he's going to continue to play 11 guys until he kind of figures out who are his top nine, who are his top 10, and, and maybe whittle it down. So we're going to learn a lot about this team. You're going to see a lot of uh, Alex Caruso and, and Kyle Kuzma and uh, THT uh, moving forward in, in these next like 10 games or so, because I, I think a lot of these are going to be blowouts. But uh, Tim, where can people find you? on twitter and, and where can they read your work on the athletic yeah uh twitter is is tim underscore cato and the athletic uh yeah they they know that they, well, they, the, they, the, they go to the maverick section check it out yeah get, just get, yeah yeah toss, toss the mavericks in there you know go go read some nice stuff that i'm give, I'm them, a about up, give, give them a nice comment yeah i love nice comments yeah <laughs> that that can be that can, you listener that can be your christmas present to me um, <laughs> Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. I will be back for another post-game edition of the Forum Club on Sunday night following the Lakers game with the Timberwolves. For Tim, I am Yovan. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you soon.